You are listening to Bicycle Retail Radio, brought to you by the National Bicycle Dealers Association. With gyms and many businesses closed, many have turned to cycling. I know I've had my head down working hard, along with many others in the bike industry. We wanted to take some time on today's podcast to talk about something that's important to the NBDA, as well as PBMA. Today on Bicycle Retail Radio, my guest is James Stanfield, president of the Professional Bike Mechanic Association and owner of Kyle Cyclery. Good morning, James. How are you today? Great. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I assume it's already fairly warm down in Texas this morning? It's not bad. It's starting to cool off, which is amazing. <laughs> I know yeah. we up in South Dakota, it's been 70s and 80s, so it's been actually great riding weather. Yeah, lots of gravel riding up in this area. So, James, you and I have met a couple times. We met in Reno and again at Frostbike. For those that don't know you, give me a little bit of an introduction. Quick intro, lots of years in the bicycle business, spent time working for our National Cycling Federation, two major manufacturers, and have worked at probably every race in North America since 1990-something. Been all over the world, have a little shop here in Kyle, Texas, just outside of Austin, and am, as you noted, the president of the PBMA. Awesome. What's been your favorite race in the United States to work at? Oh, man. Tour of the Gila is pretty special. It's okay. probably one of the most underrated and difficult races in North America. So hopefully when racing returns, that race will be back. Yeah. Have you ever worked at any of the Nature Valley Grand Prix races in Minnesota? I have been there. That's always a favorite to go watch the racing in Stillwater. Chilkoot Hill or the Chilkoot Crit is crazy. I'm sure like many other races. KBMA started in three years ago. We've been around since 2016 now, just kind of a thorn in everybody's side, I guess. <laughs> What's your goal with PBMA? I'm a member of the association. I My background is I started as a mechanic assembling bikes, and that's my favorite part of the bike industry is fixing bikes. So what's PBMA's goal or what's your mission? I mean, the mission is to promote, advocate, and develop on behalf of the professional bicycle mechanic. And through that, you know, pick away or direction but it's elevating the, the status of the mechanic. In the beginning, a lot of people thought there was like a union to raise wages. Sure, you know, that's an ultimate goal is mechanics to be compensated fairly for wherever they live. And I think in time, we're seeing that that's improving. But to do that, there's lots of other steps, training, education, teaching the mechanics how to be a professional so they can have the conversation with their employer about the value they're bringing and the value that they deserve. And I think now you're seeing that value play out with, you know, you, the shops have a backlog of a month or two months and or weeks at least. So mechanics are incredibly value. And, and, and for me as a mechanic owner, I've found value in the PBMA. I mean, it's challenged me to say, okay, how do I raise wages for my mechanics and how do I put, you know, what things can I put in place, give them goals so that they can, understand the value that they bring to my business and whatever bike shop they work at. So thank you for that. I do appreciate that. Me walking into your business and saying, hey, Chad, I need $75,000 a year just to work here. Like you better expect that I have reasonings behind that and ways to show you how I could earn that. So exactly. you make money too, right? Yeah, exactly. PBMA announced a fundraiser a little while ago. Can you tell me about that? Yeah. So when the more recent news and, and happenings around 
Black Lives Matter and all this activity that's just happened recently, we were having some internal discussions. What could we do to make a difference? And when we have these discussions for us, it's what can we do to make a difference in our industry, which is cycling. So while that discussion was going on, this guy named Zane, who's a race team mechanic, I knew him from working at Specialized. He came up to me and had the idea like, I'm not racing. I've been in my backyard hammering out knives out of steel and I'm enjoying it. So for him, it was like, what could he do to give something somewhere? And he committed to make these original 50 knives from old files, which sold out almost immediately. And with that, you know, we kind of had this thought, how can we carry this on? And now, you know, you've seen there's a prize list of all sorts of stuff people can win totaling into the the thousands of dollars, nearly $10,000, I think. But the idea is just to really raise some money so we can find some people who otherwise wouldn't be able to go to a place like UBI and get the training they want, whether it be a new mechanic coming from outside or from some community bike shop somewhere, or a mechanic that's in the system that wants to do more. They want to go to a frame building class or get a service management or suspension or, or whatever. Now we've got the funds to do that. And it's not just anybody. I mean, we're looking to diversify the bike industry yep, through this, yep. this program. The fund is specifically for black, indigenous, and people of color, which we've got pushback on plenty from people that don't fit that classification and don't understand the need for change. But we're forging ahead, and we've got a committee building out the application process to apply for funds, which should be pretty heavily reviewed and weighted. It's just going to be a matter of finding the people that we'd like to see apply. And that's going to be an industry-wide effort. And we need to be reaching outside of our industry to find new people to bring them in. Right now, I think I saw you have, you're up to three scholarships. Yeah, we don't know exactly how many we'll send until we've got about $10,000 right now to spend on this. The factors that become questionable in terms of how many are, where are they located? How far do we need to travel them if they're able to drive versus fly? That's clearly an expenditure that's going to change. But I think we'll probably be able to do at least three, potentially six with that money, just based on the factors of which class they might want to take and all, all sorts of other stuff like that. All the details are actually on the probma.org is the website. You can see all of the different people that are donating product. Tell me a little bit about that. If I donate 100 bucks or if I donate 50 bucks. Yeah, so we set it up. Originally, it was literally set up like donate a little bit of money and, and you'd get a knife or a T-shirt. But those sold out so quickly, we wanted to carry this on for a longer period of time. And it became donate something and get entered into this prize drawing. And there's three tiers. And based on your donation, you know, $100 or more, you could win anything from any tier. $25 gets you in the basic tier. And even in there, there's, you know, the top prize in there is a digital Tensio meter from our friend Rick Hertberg. And that's worth 350 bucks. So tossing any kind of contribution into this could net you a pretty good price. I'm gunning for that. I've always <laughs> wanted one of those. This podcast is brought to you by MBDA membership and industry donors. To continue providing education and content like the podcast you're listening to now, we need your support. Go to mbda.com and join or donate today. I'm up in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. You know, we're not a, a very diverse community. What's the diversity? I mean, you've traveled all over the place. You've done races. Is there diversity in the bike industry? 
it's pretty slim. You know, I'm not the expert to speak on it, but from what I've seen, we're missing a lot of key marks. And it, it's not a matter of forcing it into the industry. It's just a matter of making it not such of a large roadblock. There's podcasts out there from other friends who have worked at big companies that were probably hired into the company to be part of a diversity program, and they found it to be not very comfortable working there. Obviously, this is clearly one step that I'm as white as they come. <laughs> I live in, I guess I'd say a very fairly white part of the country. I don't know the answers. I think there does need to be more diversity in our industry. This is a great opportunity, I think, to for retailers that don't know what to do to give money and to fund something that can actually go find people that are looking for an opportunity to get into the bike industry. As a retailer, obviously, donate some money, make something happen, maybe share it with their peers, other people within their cycling community. Are there any other steps that we can do? I mean, I think it's, you know, we go back to different events and things that that we've all been to and presentations we've heard. But I think about what's changed. You've seen surveys about diversity. We've done surveys about what's going on in shops and all, all those surveys that are available on the website as well. We made them public just to see so people could see what was going on. But anytime we ask about it, there's always this segment of anger that comes about from somewhere or someplace or some person. And sometimes that noise is a lot louder than the good you're trying to do. You know, one angry, loud voice in the wrong direction affects a lot more than 20 good voices in the right direction. Yeah, it could be quite frustrating at times. You know, what do we have to lose? Personally, I think absolutely nothing. What do we have to gain? Can you go anywhere in the country and get a job in a bike store right now? Probably yes, if you had the skills. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you've worked some long hours recently. I would expand that to even if you have cycling or mechanical skills, you could probably go anywhere in the world, I would guess, and get a job at this point in time. We have an industry that's stagnated for up until 2020. It stagnated for four or five years or has plateaued, depending on how you look at it, units versus dollars. Yeah. Do we have anything to lose by being more diverse? I mean, I think we have everything to gain. And it, yeah. not just from the, the, you know, what we're doing with this black indigenous people of color fundraising campaign, but just making it less white man. There's plenty of women and trans folks out there who tried to be in the industry and and found it frustrating being talked down to by a white guy, whether it was older or younger, or getting some attitude from someone. We need just more change to make it more comfortable for the customers we're losing out on. It's easy for someone to shop from home. It's easier for them to shop from home and fix their bike at home with the internet. They'll never make it perfect, which is why they still need the bike shop. Yeah. Are there any retailers that you can think of that are doing it really well, that have you know incredible staff, incredible diversity, and trending more so? Yeah, I haven't been out in a store since last year sometime. I've been to some events, but really since March, I've just been here yeah. working 12 hours a day, seven days a week. I think of one of my favorite shops, I would say Alter Cycles in Bozeman, Montana. They do a pretty good job. I wish I could say there were a lot more. There's many out there that hire someone who's different so that they have that person in their stable, let's say. But they're not always setting them up for success. You can't just put a person in a position because they fit your need to diversify your organization. 
you should put a person in position based on skill and need and make sure that what you're putting them in is something they're comfortable with. So black indigenous people of color, as a white person, I don't know how to do that. Are there resources for me to create a more, a better environment for someone and help lead them to success? Yeah, I think that the internet is full of resources. We've had that question as well. And and it's easy to go right to the internet and find hundreds of thousands of resources right now that will help you even just better understand the why. Yeah, we all look through things through our own lenses yep. and see our world in our, through our own lens. And it's we need to push to see it through other people's lenses in the same way that as an owner, I need to see the difficulties my mechanics have. I need to see the difficulties my salespeople have as men or women or black or different race or gender. We're not going to talk about quality bicycle products because that's a disaster. I mean, we can. You can tell me me if you like them or not. (laughs) I've only spent $500 with them since March, which I'm real happy about. We've always had a pretty close relationship with them ever since way before I owned a store. So I really struggle with that. I tell you what, it's a challenging topic. We should have brought someone else in on this call. I'm as white as you. I tan real good because I've got some Native American blood. But for me, it's I've told people I'm not the expert. I can't speak on behalf of someone who fits in this mold of a black indigenous or person of color. I can't imagine to feel how they might feel. And I can only look at it from my point of view where you're my friend and a person. Like, I don't see you any other way just because you look different or are different or act different. Whether you're a black person or gay or trans or a woman, it's just a person. And I think Brett Fleming said it once in a presentation he did for us. He just said something about they're just a person. Just treat them that way. I don't need to treat you special because you're Chad. Like, I'm just going to treat you the same as I'm going to treat anybody else. And I would say not even just a person, but a person that deserves life and value. I agree. And again, what do we have to lose? Nothing. What do we have to gain? Another cyclist, another someone that's uh, someone that's passionate about cycling that can, you know, whatever, you know, take another car off the road or. We're going to gain a person or people who can relate to people that we're not relating to right now. Yeah. Like even if even if we only funded one person and they, they went and worked at a shop, like that shop is now better off because they've got a new person who's educated and trained who's gonna relate a lot better to their customers than their current employees. Maybe. Yeah. Probably. Every dollar there is going directly towards the program. And where again can we sign up for the fundraiser? You wanna go to our website, www. ProBMA, P-R-O-B-M-A dot org. And there's a button right on that page that will get you there. You've got some companies donating some gifts. There's going to be a drawing. But who are some of those companies that are in our industry that are standing along beside you and giving some of those prizes? Park Tool, Abbey Bike Tools, Pedros, Junior, Clever Standard, Abbey, Shimano, Stans, I-9, Midway Bike Supply, Wheel Fanatic, SR Suntour, Cabda. Bottles and bar tape. I've put some stuff in. I own my own tool company that resells tools for professionals. We don't sell Park or Pedros or anything else. We go and find 
sourced stuff that we've looked at and sought after for years on this pro race scene. So we've kicked in some gift cards and some stuff. And everybody that donated so far, I mean, there's, you know, three or 400 people who've kicked in some money and that's just amazing. Yeah. If you're listening to this podcast, go to the website, copy the link, share it on Facebook, social media, send it to your staff. How awesome would it be to have 20 scholarships or heck, why not 30? to send Black, Indigenous, people of color to UBI. They're only going to help our, it's going to help our industry, offer them great employment inside our industry. Also on that website, you can see the knives that Zane has made. Also, you can see some injuries that he's gotten, it looks like, made <laughs> from making those knives. But those knives are really cool. Be sure to check those out and give. A lot of shops aren't having to pay advertising right now. Put that money towards this. The movement of this inside of our industry could be a powerful thing. James, I want to thank you for the time you've given us today and talking about this fundraiser and hopefully creating more diversity in our bike industry. Any final words? Give what you can. Service is the future. Have a great day. Thanks, James. You take care. Thanks, man. This has been Bicycle Retail Radio by the National Bicycle Dealers Association. For more information on membership and member benefits, join us at nbda.com. Music